After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'awuz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat <coughs> Khalifatul Masih the Fifth, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Nasrihil Aziz stated, In the previous sermon, I spoke about Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Some of the accounts from his life are still to be narrated, which I will narrate today. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anhu had a long-standing friendship with Umayyah bin Khalf. There is a detailed narration about this in Sahih Bukhari, in which Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anhu narrates, but he wrote a letter to Umayyah bin Khalf stating that Umayyah would look after my property in Makkah and I would look after his in Medina. He states that when I wrote my name as Abdul Rahman in the letter, Umayyah replied that I do not know any Abdul Rahman. So tell me and write down for me your name by which you went during the pre-Islamic period of ignorance, i.e. the period of Jahiliyyah. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anhu further states that therefore I wrote my name as Abd Amr. When Umayyah came to participate in the Battle of Badr, I went up the hill to protect him once all the people had gone to sleep. But somehow Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu Hence, Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu went to a gathering of the Ansar and standing among them he stated that this is Umayyah bin Khalf and if he escapes then my life will be in danger. And so a group of people who were with Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu went out to follow us i.e. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anhu and Umayyah bin Khalf because he went out to protect him and offer him refuge. In any case, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anhu further states that being afraid that they would catch us, I left Umayyah's son behind for his sake to keep them busy with fighting. In other words, those Muslims who were pursuing them would become busy with fighting the son and they themselves would gain some lead over them and he will take Umayyah to a safe place. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin radiallahu ta'ala anhu further states, However, they, i.e. the Muslims, killed Umayyah's son and they did not let my ploy succeed and carried on following us. Umayyah was of a heavy build and so he was unable to escape quickly. Eventually, when they approached us, I told him to sit down and so he sat down and I laid myself on him to protect him. However, they killed him by piercing him with the swords underneath me and one of them also injured my foot with his sword. 
मैंने अपने आप को उस पर डाल दिया कि उसे बचाऊं तो उन्होंने मेरे नीचे से उसके बदन में तलवारें घूम पी यहां तक कि उसे मार डाला उनमें से एक की तलवार से मेरे पांव पर भी जख्म आ गया Further details of this incident are recorded in Tariq Tabari as follows. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu that Umayyah bin Khalf was my friend in Makkah and I used to go by the name Abdi Amr at the time. While still in Makkah I accepted Islam and I was given the name Abdul Rahman. After that, whenever he used to meet me, i.e. Umayyah, he would say, Oh Abdi Amr, do you disregard the name given to you by your father? I would say yes. Upon which he would say, that I do not recognize any Rahman. It will be better if you propose a different name. And so, I will address you by that name. Because you do not respond to your old name. And I will not address you by the name of something that I am not aware of. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu bin further narrates that whenever he used to call me by the name Abdi Amr, I would not respond. And I would say, O Abu Ali, you choose whatever you wish in this regard, but I will not respond to this old name. And so, Umayyah bin Khalf then said, Well, in that case, Abdi Ilah would be a better name for you. And I agreed to this name. Hence, whenever we used to meet each other after that, he would address me by the name Abdi Ilah, and I would respond to him and talk to him until the day of the Battle of Badr arrived. I passed by Umayyah, who was standing and holding his son Ali bin Umayyah's hand, and I was holding a few chain armors which I had acquired, and I was walking with them. Upon seeing me, Umayyah called out to me, saying, O Abdi Amr. However, I did not respond to him. Following this, he said, O Abdi Ilah. Upon this, I replied and inquired what he wanted. He responded, That am I not better than these chain armors you are carrying? I replied that if this is the case, then come. I threw away the chain armors in order to give him refuge and grabbed hold of his and his son Ali's hand. Upon this, Umayyah bin Khalf said that I have never seen such a day as this one. In any case, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf further relates that I took both of them and set off whilst walking in between father and son, holding them by the hand. Umayyah asked me that, O Abdi Ilah, who is it among you that has the sign of an ostrich feather on his chest? I replied that it was Hamza bin Abdul Muttalib. Umayyah replied that he is responsible for our state. In other words, this terrible state that they were in was due to him. Nevertheless, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu further narrates, I was walking along with him when Hazrat Bilal radiyallahu ta'ala anhu saw me with him. And Umayyah was the one who used to torture Hazrat Bilal radiyallahu ta'ala anhu in Makkah so that he would leave Islam. He used to take him to the plain stones in Makkah, and once they had become extremely hot under the sun, he would place him on top upon his back. He would then ask for a large rock which would be placed upon his chest. Following this, he would say that he would continue to be punished until he left the religion of Muhammad However, despite this torture, Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala continued to say, Ahad, Ahad, that is, he is one, he is one. Therefore, when he saw him, that is, when Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala saw Umayyah, he started saying, that Umayyah bin Khalf is the chief of the disbelievers and that I will not survive if he is spared. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu stated that, O Bilal, both of them are my prisoners. Upon this, Hazrat Bilal radiyallahu ta'ala anhu once again repeated that he will not survive if he was spared. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu again said to Hazrat Bilal that, O Ibn Soda, do you not hear what I am saying? Upon this, Bilal once again said, I will not survive if he is spared. Following this, 
Hazrat Bilal said the following words in a very loud voice that O Ansar, this is Umayyah bin Khalf, the chief of the disbelievers, and I shall be destroyed if he is spared. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu further narrates that following this call of his by Hazrat Bilal radiyallahu ta'ala anhu's call, people surrounded us from all sides and trapped us and I began to protect Umayyah. One individual struck his son with the sword and he fell to the ground. At that moment Umayyah screamed in such a loud manner that I had never heard the like thereof before. I told him to run but he was unable to do so. And I said that by Allah I am unable to assist you in any manner. In the meantime the attackers struck both of them with their swords to such an extent that they killed them both. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf used to say, And may Allah the Almighty have mercy on Bilal, because not only did I lose my chain armors, but he also forcefully took my prisoners from me. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf also took part in the Battle of Ahad. And when the Muslims lost their position on the day of the Battle of Ahad, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf remained steadfast beside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. And on the day of the Battle of Ahad, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf sustained 21 wounds and his foot was wounded to such an extent that he began to walk with a limp thereafter and also lost two of his front teeth. Hazrat Ibn Umar relates that during Shaban, eight months of the Islamic calendar in 6 Hijri, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, sent a delegation consisting of 700 men towards Dhammatul Jandal under the leadership of Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anhu. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, wrapped a black turban around Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf's head with his blessed hands and placed a loose cloth at the end of the turban between his shoulders. Following this, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, then said, O Abu Muhammad, I am receiving news of danger from Dawmatul Jannah. An army is gathering there in order to attack Madinah. Set off into this direction, striving in the cause of Allah. 700 Mujahideen, i.e. people who strive in the cause of God, will accompany you. And once you reach Dawmatul Jannah, you should first present the message of Islam to their chief and their tribe of Qalb. However, in the case a battle breaks out, you should be mindful of not being deceitful and dishonest with anyone or breaking your oath. Do not kill children or women and purify the world from those rebelling against God. Thus, war was permitted only with these conditions. Hence, when Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf reached Dhamma, he invited them towards Islam for three days and they continuously rejected his call for three days. Following this, Asbagh bin Amr Kalbi, who was their chief and a Christian, accepted Islam. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf wrote to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, informing him of the entire events. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stated that he should marry the daughter of this chief, Tumazir. And so, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf married her and returned with her to Medina. And Tumazir was later known by the name Umme Abu Salma. Umar bin Abdul Aziz relates that in 14 Hijri on the occasion of the Battle of Jisr, when Hazrat Umar was informed of the martyrdom of Hazrat Ubaid bin Masood and I have previously mentioned the Battle of Jisr, in which an elephant of the Persian forces trampled over him. But in any case, when Hazrat Umar was informed of this, and he became aware of the fact that the people of Persia sought a man from the people of Chosroes and made him their king, he invited the Muhajireen and the Ansar for jihad. Hazrat Umar departed from Medina and stayed in Sirar. This was the name of a mountain in Medina, located at a distance of three miles from Medina on the way to Iraq. 
In any case, Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu stayed there in Sirar and sent ahead Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu towards Ahfaz. Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu appointed Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf as the commander of the right flank of the army and Hazrat Zubair bin Awam as the leader of the left flank of the army and appointed Hazrat Ali radiyallahu ta'ala anhu as his representative in Medina. When Hazrat Umar took suggestions from the Muslims and all of them gave their suggestions to go to Persia. When this army departed, Hazrat Umar did not consult anyone until they reached Sirat. And when Hazrat Umar reached Sirat, it was then that he consulted them. When Hazrat Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu returned, he also held the same opinion as the others. Hazrat Talha radiallahu ta'ala anhu was not present at first, but when he returned, he agreed to head forward. However, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anhu was among those people who suggested to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu to not advance forward. And stating the reason for this, he said, and before this day, I had never expressed a sacrifice my parents for anyone, but the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and nor will I do so in the future. However, today I say to you that may my parents be sacrificed for you, leave the final decision regarding this matter in my hands. In other words, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf said this to Hazrat Umar who was the Khalifa at the time. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anhu then further stated that you should stay at Sirat and send forth a large army. From the beginning until this moment, you have already observed what Allah the Almighty has decreed in relation to your army. And so, if your army were to suffer defeat, it will not be the same if you were defeated. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anhu then stated the reason for this and said, that if you were to be killed in the beginning or were defeated, I am fearful that the Muslims will neither be able to exalt Allah again and nor give the testimony of La ilaha illallah, i.e. the declaration that there is no God but Allah. And whilst these discussions were taking place, Hazrat Umar was searching for an individual who could be sent as the commander of the army. During this time, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala received a letter from Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala who was appointed to oversee the revenue from the Sadaqah in Najat at the time. After listening to Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala then asked who should be entrusted with this responsibility. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala replied that you have already found the individual. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala asked who is he? Hazrat Abdul Rahman radiallahu ta'ala anhu replied, It is the lion of the alluvial land, i.e. Saad bin Malik. That is, he is a very brave person and an excellent commander, and he should be made commander and so forth. The other individuals also supported this opinion, and this is also a reference from Tarif al-Tabir. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, gave accommodation in Medina to a number of tribes and the companions. He provided the tribe of Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Ta'ala a place to dwell in a land beside Masjid al-Nabi, which was clustered with date trees. Furthermore, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, granted Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf and Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhumah some land. And later, Hazrat Zubair then purchased this land from the family of Hazrat Umar, namely from his children. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, even vouchsafed to Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf that when the Muslims shall conquer Syria, he shall have such and such portion of a land. And so, when the Muslims were victorious in Syria during the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf was given those lands promised to him and that area which was promised to him was known as Sidi. 
Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf also had the opportunity of leading the prayer with the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, in the congregation. Hazrat Mughira radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that I participated alongside the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in the battle of the book. He further relates that the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had gone to answer the call of nature prior to the Fajr prayer. And so I carried the leather bag which contained water for him. And so, when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, returned and came close to where I was standing, as he was stood at some distance, I began pouring the water onto his hands. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, washed both his hands three times and then washed his blessed face. Thereafter, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, began taking out his arms from his outer garment, but the sleeves were too tight, so he placed his hands inside the garment to uncover his arms and wash them up to his elbows. He then cleaned his feet by wiping over his leather socks, and he then set forth, and I too walked with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, until we found the people had ushered Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf forward, and he was leading them in prayer. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had reached during the second of the two rakats, a unit of prayer, i.e. one rakat had already passed by and the second rakat of the Fajr prayer was being offered when he joined the lines of prayer in congregation. When Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf concluded the prayer with Salaam, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, stood up to complete his prayer which caused the Muslims to be anxious and they began increasing in performing the tasbih by praising Allah the Almighty. When the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, had completed his prayer, he turned to the people and said that what you did was right. Or perhaps he said that you did well. I.e. the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, expressed his delight over the fact that they began the prayer on time by saying that they did well. Hazrat Mughira radiallahu ta'ala anhu further relates that when the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and I reached, I desired to make Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu anhu step back but the Holy Prophet peace be upon him instructed me to not do so and to allow him to lead the prayer. He states that after the prayer the Holy Prophet peace be upon him stated that indeed every prophet in his lifetime has the opportunity to pray behind a pious person from among his followers. Thus, this was another great honor he was given by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. That is to say, that not only did the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, commend him for leading the prayer, but he also said that the fact that he prayed behind him was testimony that he was a pious man. Then in another account it is mentioned that Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf would offer lengthy prayers before the Zuhr prayer, i.e. Nawafil prayers, and when he would hear the call to prayer, he would immediately make his way for the congregational prayer. Another narrator states that he witnessed Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf performing circuits around the Kaaba while supplicating to God to save him from the miserliness of the soul. Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu relates that the year Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu was elected Khalifa, he appointed Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anhu as the Amir for Abu Salama bin Abdul Rahman narrates. And Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf once went with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in complaint about the lice infestation, and submitted, O Messenger of Allah, permit me to wear silk clothing. A simple cotton clothing for some reason had a lot of lice at the time. Perhaps after it spread from his hair, it was not going away, and so he requested permission to wear silk clothing to protect against this. And so, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, granted him permission to wear it. After the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and Hazrat Abu Bakr when Hazrat Umar was elected Khalifa, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf came to Hazrat Umar 
along with his son Abu Salama. Abu Salama was wearing an upper garment made of silk. And so Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu that what is this that you are wearing? Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu then placed his hand near the collar area of Abu Salama and told the shirk. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf then asked Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu that are you not aware that the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him granted me permission? To which Hazrat Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu replied that the Holy Prophet peace be upon him only granted you permission to do so because you complained to him about the lice infestation. However, this permission was not extended to anyone else. Saad bin Ibrahim relates that Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf would often wear a cloth or perhaps once wore a cloth which was around 4 to 500 dirhams. In other words, he experienced such a time in his life where he would be able to wear extremely expensive clothes. Thus, observe the grace of Allah Almighty that in spite of having no possessions at the time of migration, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf was then able to wear the most expensive of clothes. And also Allah the Almighty blessed him with many properties. During the final illness of Hazrat Abu Bakr, he appointed Hazrat Umar as the Khalifa. When he made this intention, Hazrat Abu Bakr called Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf and asked for his opinion about Hazrat Umar. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf replied that, O Khalifa of the Messenger, according to the view of others, he may be even better than your view of him, but he can be rather strict in his temperament. Hazrat Abu Bakr then said, the reason why he possessed this is that he would see me being lenient and so he would be rather strict to keep things balanced. Hazrat Abu Bakr then continued and when he has given this responsibility he shall abandon many of his practices such as this and you shall not witness the same strictness in him. Hazrat Abu Bakr then stated O Abu Muhammad, I have observed him closely and whenever I would express my displeasure at someone in a certain matter, Hazrat Umar would counsel me to show leniency to them. I.e. in those moments, Hazrat Umar would advise to show leniency. And on the other hand, whenever I would show leniency to someone, he would advise me to be strict. Thereafter, Hazrat Abu Bakr then stated that, O Abu Muhammad, do not mention what I have told you to anyone else, which Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf confirmed. After the Fatai Makkah, i.e. the conquest of Makkah, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, sent some delegations to various locations. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala anhu was sent to the Banu Jazima. And during the period of Jahiliyyah, by the era of ignorance, prior to the advent of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, the Banu Jazima had killed the father of Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf radiallahu ta'ala anhu and also Faqih bin Mughira, who was the paternal uncle of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid. During this visit, out of error, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid killed one of the men from that tribe. When the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, learnt of this news, he expressed his displeasure. And the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, paid the blood money and also compensated for everything that Hazrat Khalid bin Walid had taken from him. When Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf found out about this act of Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, he said to him, I Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf said to Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, Did you kill him because they had killed your paternal uncle? Hazrat Khalid bin Walid replied in a rather stern tone, They also killed your father. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid then further stated, That you wish to prolong those days. In other words, Hazrat Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala claimed that since Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf had accepted Islam in the very early days, 
Therefore, he considered this a great honor and wished to take advantage of that. Hazrat Khalid bin Walid said this in his tone of anger and displeasure. And so this news also reached the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. When the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, heard of this, he stated that leave my companions alone, for I swear by him in whose hand lies my life, that even if anyone amongst you was to spend gold in the way of a God Almighty, equivalent to the size of the mountain of Ahud, it will still be less than their smallest of sacrifices. In other words, such was the lofty rank of those early companions whose sacrifices are incomparable. Regarding Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated that he is the chief even amongst the leaders of the Muslims. The Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, also stated that Abdul Rahman is the faithful one in the heavens and on the earth. It is stated that on one occasion Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf became so severely that he lost consciousness and his wife let out a cry in that moment. In other words, such was the severity of his illness and thus she let out a cry due to her anguish. However, when Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf recovered, and his health improved a little. He stated that when he became unconscious, he saw in a vision that two men came to him. And they stated, Let us take you before God and obtain your verdict. However, a third individual then met them and said, That do not take him away, for he was blessed with good fortune even whilst in the womb of his mother. Thus, this was a vision Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu saw in relation to himself. Nofal bin Iyaz Fuzali narrates that Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu would sit in our gatherings and was a most excellent companion. One day he took us to his home and after bathing he brought to us a plate of food which consisted of bread and meat. And then he began to weep. We asked him, that, O Abu Muhammad, why do you weep? Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf replied, The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, departed this world in a state whereby he and his family were not even able to satisfy themselves with bread made of barley. In other words, they did not even have enough bread made of barley to eat. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf then stated that I do not think that our delay has benefited us. In other words, he was not sure whether the fact that living for a long period of time was better for them or whether it was a trial or a test. Therefore, such were the sentiments of the companions and their fear of God and the love they had for the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and his family. And these sentiments were not limited only to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him and his family, but the companions had love for each other as well. This mutual love can be witnessed through an incident related to Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. It is said that one evening food was brought before Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf and different kinds of dishes were presented before him from which he took a morsel to eat. When Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf was about to eat the morsel, a state of great anguish and fervency came over him. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf left the food said, that Musa bin Umair was martyred in Ahud and he was better than us and yet he was buried in his own clothes. In other words, they did not have a cloth with which to bury him. Therefore they buried him using the clothes he was wearing. And the condition of even that cloth was that if they would cover his legs, his head would become uncovered and if his head would be covered, then his legs would become uncovered. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf then stated that Hamza was martyred and he was better than I. 
We have been bestowed wealth and affluence, and I fear lest we have been bestowed the reward for our deeds in this life. After this, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Allah began to weep and left his food. Therefore, such is the fear of God they had within themselves. Hazrat Ummah Salama radiallahu ta'ala anha, Ayyumul Mu'mineen, the mother of the believers, narrates that Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anha came to her and said, O mother, I fear that I may be ruined due to affluence, as I am the wealthiest amongst the Quraysh. Hazrat Ummah Salama radiallahu ta'ala anha replied that, O my son, spend out of your wealth, while you spend in the way of Allah the Almighty, and one can be saved from destruction. She further said, And I have heard the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, say, From among my companions there will be some who I will not meet again after I depart. In other words, some of them will not reach that rank and status. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anhu then left the house. And on the way he met with Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu and informed him of what he had heard from Hazrat Umar Salama radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu then went to Hazrat Umar salama radiallahu ta'ala anhu and said, I implore you in the name of Allah the Almighty to inform me if I am among those whom you have said will not be able to meet the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. In other words, he wanted to know whether he was among those who will not be able to meet with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. However, Hazrat Umar salama radiallahu ta'ala anhu replied that no, you are not among those people. However, she stated that from now on I am unable to say with certainty who will be able to meet with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. In other words, she will not be able to say for certain if they would be able to meet with the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, or not. However, it should be made clear that as was mentioned before as well, that Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf was among the Ashra Mubashra, i.e. those ten individuals who were given glad tidings of paradise by the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. But despite this, they were so fearful of Allah the Almighty that they would always remain anxious regarding this. And upon hearing the words of Hazrat Umm Salama radiallahu ta'ala anha, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala anha immediately increased the amount of charity he would offer. It is narrated by Hazrat Abdullah bin Abbas that when Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anha left for Syria, he stopped at Sarag. Sarag is the name of an inhabited area near the valley of the Bur, which is situated near the borders of Hijaz and Syria, and was at a distance of 13 days of travel from Medina. In other words, to reach there from Medina, it would take 13 days of continuous travel by the mode of transport that was used in those days. In any case, when Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu reached this area, he met the commander of the armies, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah and his fellow companions. This incident took place in 18 Hijri during the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar after the conquest of Syria. They informed Hazrat Umar that there was an outbreak of a plague in Syria. Hazrat Ibn Abbas narrates, and Hazrat Umar asked for the early Muhajireen to come and to take their suggestions. Hazrat Umar consulted with them. However, there was a difference of opinions amongst the Muhajireen. Some were of the opinion that they should continue on with their journey and not turn back. Whilst others suggested that the noble companions of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, were present in the army and therefore it was not appropriate for them to be taken into an area where there was a plague and it was better to return. Hazrat Umar then told the Muhajireen to leave and invited the Ansar to present their suggestions. And just like the Muhajireen, the Ansar also had a difference of opinion. In other words, some suggested to return and others were of the opinion to continue going ahead. Hazrat Umar then invited the elders of the Quraysh who had accepted Islam at the occasion of the conquest of Mecca and came to Medina. And so all of them were called and they all unanimously expressed the opinion of taking everyone back and that there was no need to enter an area where there was an outbreak of the plague. And so, accepting their suggestion, Hazrat Umar ta'ala announced to return. 
اور برباحی علاقے میں لوگوں کو نہ لے کے جائیں حضرت ابو عبیدہ بن الجراح رضی اللہ تعالی عنہ تناس was it possible for one to escape from what god has destined were they returning because of the fear of the play because this was god's decree and one cannot escape from that and so replying to hazrat abu ubaida radiyallahu ta'ala anhu hazrat umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu stated that oh abu ubaida i wish there was someone else who would have uttered what you have said indeed we are moving away from one decree of god to another then explaining what is destiny, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu further stated and gave the following example. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu stated that if you have some camels and you reach a valley which has two sides, one is a lush green area full of vegetation while the other is a dry and barren land. Now would it not be in accordance to the decree of God if you were to take your camels and to graze them in an area with lots of vegetation. And on the other hand, it will also be according to the decree of God if you decided to take them to the dry and barren land. Thus, the decree of God has presented you with two options, i.e. a lush green area with vegetation, and the other a dry and barren land, except for a few bushes or very little grass. Now, you cannot say that the vegetation has grown due to its own decree, and the dry and barren land is owing to the decree of God. In fact, both are due to the decree of God and you must now decide which option you take and it is obvious that you will take the option of the land which has vegetation. The narrator of this tradition states that when Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala had said all of this, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf radiallahu ta'ala who was not present before owing to some other work he was engaged in. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf radiallahu ta'ala submitted that since you are asking for suggestions, I have the answer to this issue. He stated that I once heard the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, say that if one learns about the outbreak of a plague or a disease in a certain area, then they should not travel there. And if the disease or a plague has emerged in an area which one resides in, then they should not leave the area in order to escape from it. Thus, an area where there is the outbreak of plague or disease, one should not travel there. And if one lives in an area where the plague or disease has developed, then they should not leave from there so that the disease does not spread further to other people. And we are also observing this currently as well, that those countries which implemented the lockdown in time were able to contain the disease to a large degree. However, those who failed to do so and showed negligence in this regard, the disease continues to spread. But in any case, the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, pulled this fundamental principle to his companions right from the beginning. And so, upon hearing this, i.e. from Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Anhu, Hazrat Umar Anhu praised Allah the Almighty and returned from Hazrat Miswar bin Makhrma relates that when Hazrat Umar was in good health and would be requested to appoint a Khalifa after him, he would always refuse to do so. However, one day Hazrat Umar came to the pulpit and mentioned a few things and then said, If I pass away, then I entrust your affairs to six individuals whom the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was pleased with them at the time of his demise. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu then stated that they are Hazrat Ali bin Abu Talib, Hazrat Zubair bin Awam, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awam, Hazrat Usman bin Affan, Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah, Hazrat Saad bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu then stated that hearken for I instruct you to adopt taqwa, a righteousness and justice while carrying out your decisions. Abu Jafi relates that Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala told the members of the electoral committee to consult with one another and if your decision is equally split between two then consult again and if there are four votes to two then go with the majority. Zaid bin Aslam relates from his father that Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala stated that if there was an equal split in the votes then choose and show obedience to the one who has Abdul Rahman bin Of radiallahu ta'ala anhu voted for. 
اگر تین اور تین کی رائے متفق ہو جائے عبد الرحمن بن سعید He also stated that anyone who disobeys their decision and opposes them should be killed. Thus, these six individuals were entrusted with appointing the next Khalifa. And during this time, Hazrat Suhaib was to lead the congregational prayers. Hazrat Anas bin Malik narrates that shortly before his demise, Hazrat Umar sent a message to Hazrat Abu Talha stating, O Abu Talha, take 50 men from among your tribe of the Ansar and go to those six men who are part of the electoral committee and remain there for three days until they do not appoint someone from amongst themselves as the Khalifa. O Allah, you are my guardian, O Allah. Ishaq bin Abdullah relates that Hazrat Abu Talha stood beside the grave of Hazrat Umar radiallahu for a while along with his men and then remained with the members of the electoral committee. When the members of the committee decided to entrust the responsibility of electing their leader with Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf, Hazrat Abu Talha, along with his men, stood guard at the house of Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf for three days until people did not take the bath of Hazrat Usman. Hazrat Salma bin Abu Salma relates from his father that the first person to take the bath at the hands of Hazrat Usman was Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf. And after that, it was Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Umar bin Umaira, the freed slave of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, relates from his grandfather that the first person to take the bath of Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala anhu was Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu. And after that, everyone else took the bath. And according to a narration of Bukhari, it is stated that when Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu stood to lead the prayer, and had just started it by saying Allahu Akbar. Someone attacked him and in his state of injury, Hazrat Umar held the hand of Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Uf, who was standing close to him and directed him to lead the prayer. Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Uf led the prayer but kept it short. Then, whilst mentioning the role of Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Uf, during the election of Hazrat Usman Hazrat Muslim states that in the earlier two narrations except for one detail all other details that have been mentioned are the same Hazrat Muslim states when Hazrat Umar was injured and realized that his demise was imminent he nominated six persons and advised them to elect the Khalifa from amongst themselves they included Hazrat Usman Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Awf, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Bakas, Hazrat Zubair, and Hazrat Talha radiallahu anhu. In addition to them, he included Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu as an advisor, but did not declare him entitled to Khilafat. He also admonished that these people should give their verdict within three days, and Hazrat Suhaib radiallahu ta'ala anhu should lead the prayer during that period of time. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala also appointed Hazrat Mikdad bin Aswad to oversee the consultation and election process and directed him to gather the electoral college at one place and to guard them with his sword. In the earlier narrations, it was stated that Hazrat Talha was instructed to stand guard and after consulting various sources, Hazrat Muslim radiallahu ta'ala has concluded that according to him, it was Hazrat Mikdad bin Aswad radiallahu ta'ala who was instructed to stand guard until the Khalifa was not elected. Hazrat Muslim then further states, and Hazrat Umar then stated that the people should take the bath of the person who is elected by the majority of votes, and if anyone declines to do so, then he should be killed. And if there be three votes on each side, then Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar would recommend who the Khalifa should be. And if the members of the Electoral College do not agree to the decision of Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar, then the person favored by Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Umar should be appointed as the Khalifa. Hazrat Muslim states that these five companions discussed this matter as Hazrat Talha was not in Medina at the time. According to Hazrat Muslim Hazrat Talha was not in Medina at the time. 
However, these five individuals could not come to any conclusion. And so, after a lengthy discussion, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf asked if anyone wanted to withdraw his name. But all of them remained quiet. On this, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf withdrew his name. Then Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala withdrew his name. And then two others did the same. Hazrat Ali radiallahu ta'ala remained quiet. However, he then took a pledge from Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala that he, i.e. Hazrat Abdul Rahman, would be completely impartial. And thus, they all entrusted the responsibility of making the decision to Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf radiallahu ta'ala and so, for three days, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf visited every house in Medina to obtain the opinion of every man and woman in regard to who they thought should be elected as the Khalifa. And they all expressed their agreement to the Khilafat of Hazrat Usman. Thus, Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf gave his verdict in favor of Hazrat Usman and he became the Khalifa. There is another narration in reference to this, however it is quite lengthy, therefore I will separately mention it later, if needed, whilst continuing to relate the accounts of Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf Or it is possible that this lengthy narration may be mentioned with reference to Hazrat Usman radiallahu ta'ala anhu's khilafat, or in relation to the accounts of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu's life. However, apart from this narration, there are a few more accounts in relation to Hazrat Abdul Rahman bin Auf anhu's life, piety and character, which I will inshallah narrate in the future scenes. Alhamdulillah, 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 من يعده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد الله إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا عبد رسوله إبعد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل واللسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعزكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وأدموه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله أكبر